The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women. And beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Well, with me today for a bonus episode is Cindy Stellhorn, who runs the sorority division and who you haven't gotten to hear from yet. So hello, Cindy. They're keeping me from you. (laughs) All you guys. No, no. We've been excited to finally get you um, get you on here so that you can share some of your insight. And today we're talking about our housing forum, which Cindy will tell you a little bit more about what that is. Uh, but it was a recent event we had. And for those uh, who were not able to make it, just wanted to share a little bit of overall what it is and what happened. Thanks, Allison, and this is quite a treat. Um, I know the team's been very excited about the ability to, to really delve into the podcast area, and I think Real Talk is is going to, to meet an audience that um, really wants to learn through this, this communication. So MJ Housing Forum was started roughly 17 years ago, and in which we identified a real need in this community of getting the housing leadership together. Um, those of you that have been involved in your sorority for years know that the executive directors get together, the director of chapter services oftentimes get together, but we really never had a place where the housing specialists, as we call them, could really get together and in, not only enjoy getting to meet other people that are doing similar tasks, but um, also get involved in meeting business partners in this community. Um, it is, by any standard, the premier opportunity for the housing leadership. Um, this includes volunteers and staff. Every one of our clients and non-clients have different models on how they're going to address housing. Um, we have seen kind of a coalescing around um, more staff-driven, um, but certainly there's, there's, it's a big umbrella, so to speak, and there's lots of different people that can be involved in this. Really three reasons why we started this, um, first of which, and probably most importantly, is to uh, thank the housing leadership for the work that they do. Um, there's a significant amount of their work that really helps us maintain a very competitively priced product, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit, but it really is a, a, an official way of us to say thank you for the hard work. And I've long said to housing folks that I talk to, even to the local house corporations, that they're the unsung heroes of the organization. Uh, so we're very indebted to the housing leadership and, and the role that they play. Secondly, this gives the housing specialists, the leaders, a chance to network with other housing leaders from other organizations. And the thing that, that I marvel at 
with the NPC community is the willingness to share. And certainly we see this at the national housing level, a very Panhellenic spirit, um, that if somebody's come up with a great idea, then they're very, very open to share that idea with others. And that really helps strengthen the entire Greek system. Mm -hmm. um, if you have people that, that are willing to share uh, good ideas and or explore bad ideas that they had <laughs> and warn other people not not to go there, uh, right. which certainly happens. Lessons learned from each other, exactly. for sure. And exactly. we often say this is not this is not sorority recruitment. We're not competing for the same thing. We all need housing to be successful. Absolutely. And uh, as the second largest landlord on any university campus where the Greeks exist, um, it's become very, very important that that be done well. And so, um, and to do things well, you need to have best practices. You need to have people that are providing that, um, that insight and that, that leadership. The other reason why we started this is that there are many businesses, um, including your, your local insurance agent, <laughs> MJ Insurance, that support this community. And all too often, they really didn't have a mechanism to get to the housing leadership. Um, and certainly having a national meeting where these businesses, we call them business partners, um, sometimes referred to as vendors, have a place where they can go and illustrate what their contribution can be to an organization. It can be products, it can be services, it can be expertise. Um, and over the course of those 17 years, we've actually seen small businesses start and flourish in, in this particular landscape because of having a national meeting like the MJ Housing Forum. Um, and, and I take that uh, with a lot of pride because MJ Insurance is a small business. And um, to have that mechanism, I think, is invaluable. It certainly gives to our clients the ability to access things that they may not otherwise have, have become familiar with. Um, and then lastly, many of the groups have now turned this into their kind of a retreat for their national housing team, uh, whatever that may consist of. And so they have these opportunities for one-on-one -on -one discussions. Um, so, so many of the, the individuals that are in this area work remote or as a volunteer don't work at headquarters. So having those on-site visits to be able to sit across the table with one of your um, sisters and, and challenge her thinking on a particular housing or employment matter has become really, really rich. And we're very proud of the fact that they've kind of used this meeting as, as kind of a central place for that. When we talk about housing, it really is, is a component of three areas. Certainly the housing management part, so the structure itself, uh, things that you would normally associate with running a sorority chapter house. But there's also financial management. Um, as I mentioned before, small business. Every house corporation is a, is a small business. And when I look at some of the assets of some of these larger house corporations, it is a very, very big small business in many mm -hmm. respects and um, we're looking to the volunteer system we're looking to staff to, to re really run a small business that is just as difficult as you know running a retail store or a restaurant things of that or and, and one would argue maybe it's a combination of several because they're property managers exactly. essentially exactly. And, and more than that they're yeah. landlords they're property managers they're feeding people there's all sorts of things and managing your own personal home and the complications that may come with that are vastly different just in, in the, si the sheer size when you're looking at a facility that houses, you know, a multiple number of women um, and the complications that come from that. Um, you know, you have guests coming onto your property. So, yes, there's it's very complex. And I have seen in my time in working in the sorority department, 
a pretty significant change in the complexity. Um, and, you know, there's regulations, there's just lots of things that are coming at the housing leaders on how they need to manage everything from, you know, working with your collegiate members on emotional support animals to a house director who has a specific need. So it, it can be very complex for sure. The other component beyond housing is financial management, again, running a business. Um, and that's certainly an area that, that we hope that our accounts are doing a good job on. And I would say in total, I've been in the sorority business for about 30 years now. Um, and I continue to be impressed at, the, at the, the manner under which these chapters are run. And um, it's a real credit to all of the clients, and in particular, the, the local leadership um, on the day-to-day -day stuff that, that you're involved in. And then lastly, employee management. Um, we've certainly seen a change in what I would call the chapter employment um, to the days of going from a house mom to now more of a house director, back to Allison's point, prop managing the property, mm -hmm. um, and less involved in the chapter operations, to the cooking um, and the food service part of a chapter house. When I was in school, um, we had a chef, we had uh, cooking staff, etc. Um, now they have catering companies, and so there's been a significant change in that particular arena, I would say probably in the last 10 years, where I think at the Housing Forum, we probably have about seven, seven to eight cooking companies that are actually there um, presenting their products and, and their services. Mm -hmm. um, so the employee piece continues to be an area that we want to make sure that our clients are uh, attuned to how to manage those risks, whether it's workers' compensation, uh, should an employee get hurt, or should there be issues such as uh, what we refer to as employment practices coverage, and that would be coverage if an employee alleges that you've been mistreated them or you've discriminated against them or wrongful firing. Um, that has become certainly a bigger, bigger risk for our clients over the last couple of years. Um, I also am proud to say that this forum has really become the genesis of what many groups are doing in terms of embracing a National Housing Corporation. Um, now, we have many of our clients that are doing both a concentration on the National Housing Corporation for those house corporations that are no longer wanting to manage it locally, um, but they're also supporting the work of the local house corporation. So, so we don't have necessarily uh, an opinion, strong opinion one way or the other. We want both to flourish and we want both to, to succeed. Um, it's our job to make sure that the resources that we develop are, are designed both for the local house corporations and the leadership at that level, as well as a more aggregated um, management of, of the National Housing Corporations. Um, I mentioned earlier the importance of, of the property management, and just to give you just a very brief synopsis of why that's so important, if you look at the insurance program and the insurance coverages that we provide, as you can imagine, an insurance company is not um, nonprofit. Uh, they're there to make money. So profitability continues to be one of the core strengths of this particular program that we've designed. And if you look at where the losses are coming from, I think it's always fascinating that unlike most perceptions that it's coming from the general liability with the social events that are being held by the collegiate members, when in fact 44% of the claims are coming from the property. Now those of you that are embroiled in property management probably aren't surprised. 
you've had to deal with you know leaking pipes or a roof that uh, gets torn up because of, of a tornado that has come through all the different property perils that are out there but certainly if we can make sure that our clients are spending the time and attention in doing preventative maintenance and preventative management of the property, then that helps us when we're out negotiating on behalf of our clients to keep the premiums competitive. Um, and so that, that's why property really, it's about 60% of the overall premiums. So as you can imagine, uh, if the property stays uh, prof uh, profitable, then uh, it makes it so much easier for us to keep other, the other premiums down and, and suppressed. And a quick note on that, you know, when Cindy talks about profitability, it's so that we can stay in business and keep getting coverage for our clients. Yeah, it's exactly. not just like we're wanting to sit over here on a pile of money. It's no, that no. we want to make sure that sororities continue to exist. And in order to do that, they need insurance coverage yeah. and we need to be able to keep getting it. Yeah. We in the insurance business like to say that insurance makes the world go round. That may, that may be a little yeah, biased. We, but. we may be a little in our own world over here. But but it be, you know, truly, when someone has a loss that could be devastating, that's where insurance comes in. Exactly. And, um, we've got to convince the insurance carriers as agents for our sororities um, that they should keep covering them and keep giving them mm -hmm. access to that. You know, and I think, too, when you, when you step back and look at this, to, to my surprise, when we first started doing this, I thought that we would pretty much just do Insurance 101 over the next year. Um, but there's probably about five or six people. Uh, we, on average, I think the attendance is about 90, to give you an idea. But we, we have at least five individuals that they have come all 17 years, and wow. which can be a problem because you want it to stay fresh. Right. You, you want it to be appealing to them, while at the same time, because of the networking that I talk about, having those seasoned housing leaders there is is priceless. Mm -hmm. Irrespective of what MJ comes up with, with the content and those speakers and what they bring, um, it's having individuals that have been time tested, that have been doing this um, and know the in and outs, they know the traps, um, probably they've had their fair share of failed attempts too um, on different things um, because it's a very, very dynamic community. It's not static by any means. And um, so I'm thrilled and flattered and challenged by the fact that so many of these individuals are repeaters. And um, I think that speaks highly of the content that is brought to the leadership uh, year upon year. Um, again, with the speakers that we bring in and the business partners that, that really help uh, make this a conference um, that, that um, can't be replicated. Um, so we're very proud of that. So Allison, I would be very interested. Um, you're a client executive. You work primarily with the local house corporations and the national leadership on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, I suspect that probably more than 44% of your time is spent on housing-related issues. Yes. So when you attended the housing forum, what, what were, say, the top three or four points that really resonated with you and maybe kind of provided you like an epiphany moment on, on how you need to look at housing a little differently? Yeah, thank you. I would say, first of all, uh, well, our theme, we kind of have started picking a theme every year. I don't know how long we've been doing that. Probably, this is probably only the third year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this year was making a difference. And even though uh, that's something that we know sororities are talking about a lot of the time in their own recruitment practices and justifying their existence on campuses and why we still need sororities, 
Um, in this sense, we meant why sorority housing makes a difference and why it matters. And so to that point, we talked a lot about finding our whys and finding as much as we can get into all the complexities Cindy referenced of managing a property, uh, that if you don't start with why uh, and then think strategically from there that you might miss some things along the way. And uh, one of the thinking models we talked through was uh, both starting with your why, then eventually getting to an action plan. And it got me thinking about how a lot of times we start with our why, we may even parcel that out and start delegating it well, but we don't always make, I think, uh, one of the sort of thinking pyramids we talked through was talking about tactical goals and strategic aims, and that those steps, even calling them that, are yeah. important, yeah. and not just saying, well, we value this, so now we're going to do this, but that there's those steps in between to say, how are we strategically getting our values into action plans and what are those things that have to happen in between so i found that fascinating just to hear a lot of our participants and attendees talking through what that means for their housing boards both at a national level and their uh, national strategic leadership but also in coaching some of these local house corporations and their boards and why they're making the decisions yeah. they're making for instance we want a new house okay why and then how are you going to do that and is that possible right now? Is that really you know, the next step? Or are there some other ways that we can strategically achieve that in those kinds of conversations? Well, and certainly we need to be strategic. However, um, <laughs> what was so interesting to me is that our speaker brought it down to the lowest denominator, and that is the why is because women want to belong. Right, and that and was that, huge. You know, sometimes we just try to make it so scientific and mm -hmm. so elaborate. and. Um, you know, add all sorts of bows to it, when in reality that, I think it took it down to probably the number one reason for everybody, and that, that really resonated with me. Oh, for sure. Having a home, um, and, and we kind of started with that. What was your, if you got to live in a sorority chapter facility, what was that like? Why was that important in your life? And we want, and our clients want that to continue to be an opportunity. I know our universities need it. As Cindy mentioned, it's it's sorority community is the second biggest landlord on a lot of campuses and the universities depend on them to provide housing right now. The other thing that I noticed was just a lot of discussion around not only between participants, as Cindy mentioned, who are there building relationships among one another, uh, but how, how are we intentionally building relationships uh, with everyone in the organization, whether they are part of a national housing model or whether they are still independent and locally governed volunteers. And that uh, there was a lot of good discussion in one of the sessions I was in on just sometimes even if you're working with someone that has a different philosophy than you and is going about things with a different approach and you're kind of trying to rein them in, that rather than just being frustrated and keeping them at an arm's length, to start picking up the phone and developing that relationship. And um, I know it's advice you've given me on occasion is just pick up the phone and, and stop all the emails back and forth. And at some point, just talk human to human, really understand what their pain points are, um, and then highlight successes when they have them because you know we want all of these different models that support sorority housing to be successful at the end of the day. Well, and some, some things I've observed over the years is um, you know an intention to firewall the chapter operations from um, chapter housing. And um, you know there were several examples where in fact the national organization said no, um, this isn't a vertical, this is a horizontal, 
uh, enterprise. It's not a vertical enterprise. And, um, you know, we do, certainly as women, get very, um, very territorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but we could see from their, their analysis the, the, the leaps and bounds that they had made as an organization because they had disbanded that notion. And mm-hmm. um, every part of your enterprise needs to talk um, with each other just so that you're moving forward at the same pace. And that, that was another thing that when you talk about building relationships, mm-hmm. I thought was particularly powerful. I like that you used the word enterprise just now, too, because I heard more and more of these sororities talking about themselves as an enterprise and not just a sorority and a foundation and a house corporation and chapter people, but truly that it is an enterprise and it's a brand and it's a, it is a large working unit. Um, and I thought that was fascinating and a great word for that, um, especially being in business school right yeah. now. Well, a- in the insurance industry, there is a term called enterprise risk management, and mm-hmm. that is where you have to look at. An example for housing would be you have to be aware on your particular campus how prominent um, abroad studies are um, mm-hmm. because that's going to affect you when it comes to the juniors generally. So there are things that that holistically you've got to take into consideration and if not it's it's at your peril. Right. It's the big picture and understanding the context and, and everything around you. I like that. Well and my last takeaway which is kind of fun but is relevant to housing is um, we all love talking about generational differences and there were several not only sessions, but just themes throughout, I think, on the emerging generations who are now in college and some of the trends that are being seen with them and things that we think are to come as they age into adults. And uh, two of the most surprising things I learned about Generation Z um, as a millennial myself was that there'll sort of be a shift from valuing, everyone talked about how millennials value experiences so much and um, how some some of Generation Z might actually value really good products over experiences, which I found fascinating just to think about how, you know, sororityhood and sisterhood is an experience and it's been marketed that way for a while. Not that that's going to be irrelevant, but that that may need to be packaged a little bit differently with a different mindset out there. Um, and then that also that Generation Z might care about what's popular over what's unique. Uh, I think millennials tended as a, as a whole in general, it's not everybody, um, but the stereotype was that kind of, they, they value things being unique. Um, whereas I think Gen Z does care about what's popular and they have grown up in a social media age where they can see exactly how many likes and how much attention things are getting and all those metrics. So it matters to them. And we learned all sorts of fun vocabulary as well. <laughs> I've started um, posting a little Gen Z word of the week on my whiteboard next to my desk just to stay current. And with the help of my little sister who is in Gen Z and in college living in a sorority house right now, the same house I lived in, she kind of keeps me current um, when she texts me things that I'm like, what does this mean? This must be a new lingo thing. Um, but, but it made me think about, you know, generations are always changing and are gonna see the world and see this experience in different ways. So how are we, how are we um, both understanding that and bridging the gap to where we are, but bridging back down to where they are too? Well, and that's another interesting point because in the sorority department, um, we're a team comprised of, there's nine of us, and we have virtually every generation captured uh, for that very reason because 
uh, of the nuances. Now, no one is a purist millennial. No one is a purist baby no, boomer. No, no. These are um, just broad categories. Exactly. But it, it really helps to provide some really rich conversations as we're talking things through. Um, I'm a, a confessed baby boomer. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so uh, there are some times where when Allison's talking, it is Greek to me. Mm-hmm. I will acknowledge that. But I think that makes the whole process even more rich. And certainly the housing leadership working with the collegiate members, um, you know, you've got to be open to, you know, what are the things that are important to them. And um, your experience is invariably going to be very different mm-hmm. than that which they enjoyed. And, um, uh, and, and that, that frees you up to be able to help dream with them on how to, to make that experience even more rich. Oh, for sure. And case in point, Cindy was open to this podcast idea, even though I'm sure she was like, you want to do a what now? Uh, but it does get back to well, why. Well, I like to talk. <laughs> well, yeah, we just have to give her some good why. You get to talk, you get to share all the things you've learned, and hopefully we'll do an episode here soon where we can kind of talk more about your story and even starting the department and how all of this came to be and Um, I'd love to. Yeah, and why, you know, Cindy was the one that convinced me to even work in insurance in the first place, so we can kind of talk about how she got into it and what a career in insurance looks like and why that's appealing, but for a later episode. Absolutely. Well, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank Um, you. No no bruises. No bruises is a a good first podcast recording experience, I hope, and hopefully there will be many more, and... Uh, hopefully you got a sense of some of the trends and things we talked about at the housing forum, why it matters. And if you weren't there and you do anything related to sorting housing, hopefully you have a little bit of FOMO. There's a term for you. Fear mm-hmm. missing out. And yes, I, I am familiar <laughs> with that. She's like, I'm aware. Actually, I learned that from your mother. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you go. It all comes full circle. circle. Um, but yes, the... Um, yeah, we hope that you want to be there and that you got the sense that it is it is the place to be in terms of sorority housing. And we hope you will come in future years if you were uh, not able to be there this time. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart, be safe, and we'll catch you next time.